Good morning. How are you? Can we just give it up again for Bethany and the whole team? Great job, Bethany. Thank you for sharing with us. I know there's 10 people going on the trip in uh, church. We want to get behind them and support them. So let's get creative, generous, and be in prayer for this team. Um, exciting things are happening, and we know that the enemy does want to stop that. And so I um, imagine health, transport, uh, you know, all the, the, the visas, the, the shots, all of that stuff that has to take place before they go. And so let's be praying for that. Can I share with you some more good news this morning? Would that be okay? The Vikings won last week. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, this week, um, again, we had our uh, group come in from Productive Alternatives, and we've been doing this every single week on Thursdays, now from 1230 to 130. I keep encouraging people, come show up and be a part of it. It's the best hour of my week, personally, uh, as we're so blessed. But we're going around the room. So Amanda Lambert is leading this group, and uh, just watching her in action is just really, truly a blessing. And we were just going around the room, and she was asking all of the clients and all of our friends that came to, to hang out with us, what is your favorite part about today? And one of the guys uh, was there, his name is Weston, and he said, um, my favorite part is you, Amanda, because you make us all feel so loved, and you're always so glad to see us. And we're all like, you know, just... Ugh. The love of Christ being shown, the hands and feet of Jesus, literally, to people who maybe don't always feel that. And so that's happening every single week. And it's just a wonderful story. I had to share it. Also, um, yesterday, we had a cool um, event here at the church, um, a silent retreat. And this is my first time participating in a silent retreat. And I just want to encourage you just some, um, uh, to, to maybe consider this in the future. It was profound. It, the presence of God and the whole, I've never been so emotional in silence. A lot of the times we're, we're banking on hype and lights and loud mics and bass to move us, you know, and, and for, for there to be excitement to stir emotion and just pure silence and scripture being read moved to emotion. It's like, this is profound. And the Lord spoke so clearly to me personally to us as a group, there's going to be other silent retreats um, in the different parts of, like, there's one coming up in Holly. There's going to be some in Fargo. Just putting it out there, as I, I know I spoke on silence and solitude um, a few weeks ago or a month ago, but it was profound. So that happened here yesterday. It was wonderful. And then yet, last night, this is really cool. We packed 300 shoeboxes. Sarah Johnson put it all together. 300 shoeboxes. Volunteers came. And we got after it. We got after it. And we had chili, and we had fun, and we were writing notes, and um, I packed more than Mary Robertson, but it was a lot, a lot of fun, and uh, just a blessing to know. And by the, by the end of all of this, there's going to be 500 boxes from this church alone, 500 alone from this church going all over the world to bless people. I'm proud of that, and I want to say thank you to the team and to the leaders who are making that possible. So some good news on this chilly Sunday. Also, thank you for the coffee. Whoever made coffee this morning, thank you. <laughs> it warms the inside. Can we pray one more time here before we get into today's message? Lord, thank you for, for today. What a gift. Every day is a gift from you, Father. And we just come because of all that you have done, God, boldly into your presence, Lord. We come with expectation, desiring, God, to know you better, to see you more clearly, to encounter you, Holy Spirit. Father, we don't want to just go through motions and check church off 
of a to-do list. We want to encounter you, encounter your presence, and encounter the people of God today. So Holy Spirit, we are asking for your help to, one, Lord God, to use my words to, to anoint them and for our hearts to receive the word. I pray that the seed would find good soil today and it would go down deep, God, and it would last. There would be fruit, fruit that lasts, Father. And we give this to you in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today we are continuing. Uh, this potentially could be the, the final week, the final episode of our season on simple practices. Uh, rumor has it, we'll see how the Lord leads this week. But we're going to focus on the topic of thankfulness today. And I have a question today. Has anybody with children, grandchildren, experience with any sort of children, ever had this experience before? You just get done with an amazing night of fun. Pizza, pop, a movie, Oreos, the whole nine yards. Now, when I say pizza, I'm not just saying any pizza. I'm saying Domino's pizza. Yeah, yeah. When I say pop, I'm not just saying any pop. I'm saying ice-cold cherry Coke. With Domino's, have you, have you experienced this? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. When I say movie, not just any movie, but Star Wars. And when I say Oreos, not just any Oreo, but double stuffed Oreos. Thank you, Oreo, for thinking of this. <laughs> also, the birthday cake, let's be real, that stuff's, that stuff's dangerous. Great night, whole nine yards. And you would think after this time as a family, this wonderful experience, the logical expectation after such an event would be children who cannot stop thanking you for being so rich and generous towards them. You are so amazing, mom and dad. Wow, you're so thoughtful. You are so loving. And we say, you're welcome. But instead it goes something like this. All right, guys, that was a great night, but now it's time for the four-letter word, bed. <laughs> time for bed. What? We didn't even do anything fun. That was the worst movie ever, and I don't even like pizza. Can I have another Oreo? Can anybody relate to this? Anybody? Or is it only me? <laughs> Being a little vulnerable today. Growing kids, guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Slightly relatable, um, consistent experience, and you might just think this internally, but you might say it externally. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And so coming off of Pastor Kevin's message last week on lament, it just seemed right. It felt like just the spirit was impressing to um, take this week in a, in just to be appropriate to, uh, along with the input of others, just to say, what is maybe God asking um, for the message to be this week? And it just seemed right that we would focus on this holy habit of thankfulness, this spiritual discipline or simple practice of gratitude, thankfulness. And now I want to say last week, I really thought that Kevin delivered a really powerful word. It was really powerful. Um, yeah, go ahead. You can clap. But 
the vulnerability, I just, the vulnerability in which she shared and how he has interacted with God is uncommon, especially from the pulpit, it's uncommon. And I'm grateful for that because um, I can relate. And I would say that this honest way of lamenting, which is like prayers of complaint, prayers of complaint to God, wow. I would say that this honest sort of way of relating to God has been something um, God has been teaching me in recent years as I have walked through some really, really tragic and difficult things, I'm learning that I can come before the Lord with honesty, and I'm grateful for this. And so as today as we approach the topic of gratitude, thankfulness, I believe that is really important because as last week we focused on lamenting, I believe it's really important to, in order to stay just honest and healthy in our relationship with God, we have to hold this, this tension of both lament and thankfulness. So this, this message kind of maybe goes part two with last week. It maybe wraps this whole thing up. Lamenting and thankfulness at the same time. Because we've talked about this some, but if, if all you do is only lament, if all you do is only complain, it can lead you to the, a really dark place. It really can. And the real possibility of only seeing what you don't have where you only see what God isn't doing could really truly lead to kind of a oppressed state, a hopeless state, and a posture of maybe even like anger or bitterness towards God. But on the other hand, if all you have is thankfulness, where everything is great, God is good, I have nothing to complain about, it can kind of become this sort of false, pain-avoidant, self-righteous escape from reality sort of posture with God, it, it lacks authenticity. It lacks desire. It lacks true relationship. And we can come across as kind of fake, like really unre unrelatable. Yeah, my movie nights with my kids, yeah, at the end, they just all bow down and say, thank you, mom and dad. Nobody can relate to that. <laughs> so that's a real temptation too. So it's this, ten this tension of both. Anybody remember the song, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be. Good song. Do you remember the bridge? He gives away. He gives and takes away. But my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be the name. Do you remember that bridge? Now, when I, when I was younger, and that song was quite popular, and it was being sung in worship sets um, a lot, I remember there was this desire to avoid that tension. The Lord gives and takes away. And so there was this real desire or conversation, I think we actually did it, where we wanted to change the lyrics to he gives and gives some more. He gives and gives some more. He gives and gives some more. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Wanting to remove this tension. And it's kind of interesting because... Uh, it maybe points to something kind of much deeper, but we find in Job 121 where it says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We literally find this in Scripture. And I can understand the desire just to, we just want everything to be good and nothing to be wrong and have no reason to complain, but it's a biblical practice. And so today I want to say this, let's practice lament. This idea of prayers of complaint, express the confusion and the frustration, because it is biblical. 
And church, let's remember today as we focus on thankfulness, let's remember to practice thankfulness and gratitude. When we look at Scripture as followers of Jesus, one large theme is found throughout Scripture. Commands, some really powerful statements all throughout Scripture on thankfulness. It's everywhere. You cannot get away from it. And if you're anything like me, man, I need to be reminded of the importance and the power of practicing this holy habit of gratitude all the time. Can anybody else say, yeah, me too? I forget, I forget, I forget to be grateful. It's so easy for me just to get wrapped up, man, in what I don't have yet. What I'm asking God for. That I easily and inconsistently um, forget and need the reminding to stop, take notice of the goodness of God in your life now, here, right where you are, and thank him. So today what I want to endeavor to do is to help remind us of some of the reasons we have to be grateful, to be thankful, regardless of our current set of circumstances, regardless of what we feel like we don't have yet, I want to give you some anchoring truths that will never change. And here's kind of how I'm, I see thankfulness sometimes. It's kind of the, the first layer of thankfulness might be this layer of like circumstantial gratitude. Thankfulness that is tied to circumstances. Something goes well. Something comes through. Something you're believing God for, for him to do in the here and now. Some, something good happens and your heart says, thank you, God, for that. Circumstantial gratitude. But today, I want us to dig so much deeper than that to some foundational truths that never change, never change, regardless of circumstances or good or bad, where our thankfulness can be something that can be something that is anchored to truth much deeper than circumstances. Does this make sense? Because I believe this is necessary and so needed, so needed. Because there are some strong passages. Can I read you one in Colossians 3.15? It says this, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And what? Always. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. If the lifestyle of a believer is to be marked thanksgiving, I'm going to say that again. If the lifestyle of a believer is to be marked by thanksgiving, then it needs to be anchored to something far deeper than circumstances. Amen? Far deeper than circumstances. Not anchored to weather? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Here it comes. (laughs) Not anchored to a sports team? Praise the Lord. Not anchored to health? Not anchored to a 401k. (laughs) Not anchored to a political party. Not anchored to relationships. Not anchored to world news. This lifestyle of thanksgiving has to be anchored to something deeper. And I believe it's both biblical and possible to live this life of deep gratitude and honest complaint. It comes from Philippians 4.6. I saw this this week. It's like, wow. Here's what Philippians 4, 6 says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 
Then here it is, both, both tensions. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Both at the same time. Church, as you walk with him, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Tell God all that you need. Complain to God about what you need. And also thank him for all he has done. So this is what brings me to our scripture reading today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. In a different translation, the NIRV says this. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Give thanks no matter what happens. God wants you to thank him because you believe in Christ Jesus. Another translation says this, give thanks in all circumstances. I, I was, when I was doing some study this week, I thought it was interesting that it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances, but rather give thanks in all circumstances. And I think that differentiation is really important. So today, in the remaining amount of time, I want to give you some anchors that you can tie your thankfulness to so that there can be this bedrock of gratitude. There can be this, this foundation of thankfulness that carries you through everything. Sound good? Sound good. The first one is this. And I want to challenge us today. Like, we've heard this stuff before, especially if you've grown up in church. But do you believe it today? That's my question. You might know it, but do you believe it? Point number one. This is the thing you can tie your thankfulness to, that God is good and his love endures forever. Church, God is good and his love endures forever. Church, God is good. And his love endures forever. Tie your thankfulness to that. Psalms 136, 1, literally says, Give what to the Lord? Thanks. Oh, this, I think we just end here. Give thanks to the Lord. Have we forgotten? Why? For he is what? Good. His love endures forever. Hypothetically speaking, what if God was bad? We're his created, we're, we're subject to the... What if God was bad? What if his love ran out? Oh, what if God was quick to anger and abounding in wrath? What if? But can we be grateful and thankful today, like, like the core of our being? That paints a very different picture of who the Father is. God is good. His love endures forever. He is patient. He is kind. He is slow to anger, bounding in love. Praise God. 
He's good. I'm just kind of hung up on that today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. No matter what you are going through, the truth today is God is good and his love endures forever. Regardless of circumstances. Point number two. Jesus died and was raised to life for our salvation. Believers, followers of Christ, Jesus died, was buried, and raised to life for our salvation. Have we forgotten the significance of this reality? Your thankfulness, the the rest of our, it would be so appropriate with every breath you have for the rest of your life to say thank you, Jesus, for that fact alone. Every breath, thank you, Jesus. You died for me. You were raised to life and you offered me salvation. Church, without this, what do we have? Nothing. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4 says this. I pass on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as scriptures said. This is good news. Amen, church? <laughs> I thank God. John 3.16, we're all super familiar with this passage. Thanks, Tim Tebow. He had John 3.16 under his eyes. Remember? Okay. From the message translation, it says this. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone, anyone, anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. I have a question today. You, believer, to myself, do you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Yes? Then I have some good news. You are no longer condemned. Church, so we're a little bit too quiet today. You are no longer condemned. You have been acquitted. Hallelujah. You are forgiven and saved. The greatest revelation we could ever have on this life, in this life, is that right there. Thank you, Jesus. So God is good and his love endures forever. Jesus died and was raised to life for our salvation. 
Anchor your thankfulness to that. One more point we, is this. We also belong to Christ. Think about the word belong. We belong to Christ. He is ours and we are his. You belong to me. The most powerful being in the whole universe. You belong to him. First Corinthians 15. Man, when you go through some stuff in life that, ha, oh, ah, the sting of death, it's good to know some of these things. The sting of death is sin. The sting of death is sin. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But, church, but, but, thank you. But, what? Thanks to God. But thanks to God, he gives us the victory because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done. But thanks be to God. My dear brothers and sisters, remain strong in the faith. Don't let anything move you. Always, always, always give yourselves completely to the work of the Lord because you belong to the Lord. Because you belong to the Lord. You know that your work is not worthless. This verse really challenged me this week. Can I be honest for a few minutes? I've been in ministry a long, long time. Like, been part of church my entire life. And you go through things circumstantially that suck. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that word. Liter quite, quite literally. <laughs> Growing up, no. But I just did. Yeah. <laughs> I've been challenged by this verse this week. Always, always, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, completely to the work of the Lord. Always. Always give yourselves completely to the work of the Lord. Because it's always going to go well. No, not always. Because there's always visible fruit. No, not always. Why? Why? Because I belong to the Lord. I'm his and he is, he is mine. And therefore, the work is not worthless. The work is not worthless. I have a sticky note on my desk. I see it almost every day. It says this. Leadership is a burden, but the burden is a privilege. And it puts into perspective gratitude. There's a foundation of gratitude. Are there days where I want to complain about responsibility and things and world? Absolutely. Past events? Yep. Have I complained to the Lord? Yes. Oh, yeah. Cried, screamed, shouted? 100%. Do I wish things were different? Yes. Absolutely. 
but I want it to be on this bedrock of gratitude and not bitterness. Do you know what I mean? Okay, God, at times this is a burden, this is heavy, but, but it's a privilege. So church, can we together collectively carry the work we are called to do with gratitude? It is a privilege to serve the king because of what Christ has done for us. So what I want to say is you quite literally are going about your everyday as you are driving, as you are working, living, thinking, doing. Your life can be marked by thanksgiving because of these truths will never change. You can practice the simple, holy discipline of thankfulness by just saying, God, I thank you today because you are good and your love endures forever. God, I thank you today because you sent your son to die for me. Because of my faith and trust in Christ, I am saved. And Lord, I thank you today and praise you because I belong to you. As you're driving, as you're walking, as you're thinking, as you're meditating on the Lord, gratitude begins to overflow your heart. I pray, I pray that our, our, this church would be a church that is anchored to unchangeable, unchangeable truth found in the word of God that produces this deep, deep sense of thank you, Jesus. That our worship and our praise not be performance or not some culture kind of thing. No, it would be hearts and like literally bones, like our soul saying, thank you, God. We would never lose sight of that. Thank you, Jesus. I want to praise you for all you have done. And the Lord may give and the Lord may take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. So, some quick warnings about some things that can sneak up in all of us, that can steal our gratitude, and then we'll draw this thing to a close so we can worship and thank our God. The first one that I see sneak up in my life, and uh, if you want to be honest today about your life, is this thing called entitlement. Yep. Entitlement. Feeling like we deserve kind of something more than we have based on something we've done. Okay, Lord, I've kind of been pretty good for a while here. <laughs> I've been obedient. Definitely better than that guy. <laughs> Following you, Lord, uh, where's the bonus? That can sneak up in all of us. Can we be honest today? Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of been a good boy or girl. Where's the check, you know? And there's this idea, this doctrine of total depravity found in Scripture, and it's just really powerful to anchor ourselves in this idea of total depravity. We're not going to go, you need to spend a whole message on that. But there's some verses in the Bible that kind of help you, like, um, I, I call them, like, put you in your, your place verses. And in a kind sort of way from the Father to say, ah, yeah, that's nice. But just remember what you actually deserve. It kind of nips entitlement Right in the bud, like, nope. Here's a verse that kind of just puts me back where, just in that good place of gratitude. It says in Titus 3, 5, he saved us. He saved us. 
It wasn't because of the good things we had done. It was because of his mercy. He saved us by washing away our sins. We were born again, and the Holy Spirit gave us new life. So if entitlement is kind of creeping in, be reminded. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5 says this. Once, don't forget, you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us. Who? All of us. Who? All of us. Church, who? All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were born this way. Our very nature, we were subject to God's what? Anger. Just like everyone else, but God. Don't forget, but God, so what? Rich in what? Mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Oh, in case you forgot, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And it puts me back. Don't let entitlement sneak into your life. The second one is this, covetousness. Do you desire or lust after something that belongs to something else? I want to ask this question, has the life of another distracted you from your own? Have the blessings of another distracted you from your own? What God has given somebody else, has it distracted you from what God has given you? Is your time scrolling on Facebook and noticing what everyone else is doing without you hindering your gratitude? So maybe today the Holy Spirit is reminding you of all that God has done for you, but also what he has given you. And the third thing is this, quickly, worship team, come on up. We're going to get ready to go. Pride, 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 pride. And, and, and it's in this form. Spiritual pride can keep us from fully embracing our true need for Christ. Spiritual pride can keep us from fully embracing our true need for Christ. It limits the depth of our thankfulness. It limits the depth of our gratitude. If we believe we only need God a little bit, then maybe our thankfulness will be a little bit. Jesus talked about this, did he not? If somebody has sinned a lot and they've been forgiven and somebody has been sinned a little and they've been forgiven, who's going to have more gratitude? Who's going to be more grateful? Well, of course, Lord, the one who's been forgiven of much. Well, the revelation that we all need to get today is, church, every one of us has been forgiven of much, much. If we understand our true need for Christ to the depths of our being, thankfulness begins to overflow. It's the byproduct. So, what can we be thankful for today? What can we be thankful for today? The anchoring truths that never change. So, when I leave you with this question today, are we more focused? on all God doesn't seem to be doing, that we have lost sight of all that he has done. All that he has done. 
I'm going to pray, then we're going to stand and worship. I just want to also quickly say thank you to you guys. The last couple of weeks of cards and gifts has been overwhelming. Overwhelming. I was in a meeting this week, and the, the subject of pastor appreciation came up. And it, it seemed to, like, maybe people that weren't feeling very... Um, loved or cared for in that meeting. I wasn't really sure. I wasn't really, but it kind of put into contrast just how much we have, Kevin and I, and have been blessed in this month from the cards and the gifts, like overwhelmed. So can I say thank you for that? Thank you for practicing gratefulness and gratitude just with one another. And can we be a body of Christ that does that for each other, for all of us? I'm thankful for you and the gift you are in my life. Thank you for serving the Lord. God bless you. So church, thank you for making me feel so loved and appreciated um, this month. I really, really appreciate it. Can we stand? Let's prepare our hearts to worship God. Lord, right now, these truths, we want to say thank you. Thank you for these truths, God. Lord, I pray that our praise right now, our thankfulness right now, God, our song would be anchored to these truths that never change. That you are good and your love endures forever. That you came to this world and you died in my place for my sin. And that I belong to you, that we belong to you, God. So despite circumstance today, God, we remove our eyes from that for a second today. And right now, Lord, we place our eyes on Jesus. Church, come on, let's place our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. And we say thank you, God. I pray that this praise would be a sweet aroma of gratitude from our hearts to our King to say thank you. Be glorified in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship.